0: Okay, well I hope you have had an amazing morning. Um, I caught the tail end of the the keynote in next door and uh, all I can say is God has definitely got a message for you guys today because uh, it's going to dovetail really nicely. Um, My name is Katrina Kraut. I'm the Programme Director of Mercy Ministries UK. Um, We are a Christian residential uh, care programme for young women um, aged between 18 and 28 and uh, we provide free of charge Christian discipleship program um, to help uh, deal with the effects of life-controlling issues that can be anything from uh, an eating disorder self-harm the effects of abuse depression grief low self-esteem now obviously we deal with young women but the principles I'm going to be talking to you about today they can be translated to any um, any part of the population male female young old um, children right the way up because God's principles are universal and everything that I'm going to be speaking to you on today is grounded in those so um, now we, were, um, we exist to provide opportunities to um, experience the unconditional love of God, uh, life transforming power of his forgiveness and uh, everything that we uh, do is based from it, that platform. Um, now it would be interesting for me to see actually who we've got in the room. So um, do, we, uh, do we have pastors, pastoral leaders, medical professionals, uh, general interested parties member of the congregation. this is a, a seminar for people that are supporting or interested in supporting those with eating disorders, so not for you if you 're currently suffering um, some of the some of the information i 'm going to be talking about could be quite triggering, so I just want to say that at the outset. Um, Okay, we'll we'll kick off. And what I'm going to do is just show a a five-minute promotional DVD just to set the backdrop of what I'm going to be talking about. I want this seminar to be really practical. I want you to leave here feeling you are empowered, you are equipped. Um, You know, Isaiah 61 says that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news. Now, the me is all of you lot. And uh, we are going to be learning exactly what that looks like pastorally um, to uh, what the church's response should be to helping the hurting, and whilst hopefully staying whole at the same time. Okay, so if we could just play the DVD, please, and dim the lights. Well... As you can see, they are real faces, they have real names, and they're real issues. And uh, in our churches, in our families, there are sisters, there are daughters, there are friends. And, uh, and the thing is, the answer is Jesus Christ. But He uses people to be his hands and feet, and to be his mouthpiece, to be use his words. But unless we know actually practically how to do that, we can often find ourselves in situations where we, we are lo- we're lost, we're, we're stumped, we don't know what to do, we don't know where to go. But The truth is, um, there is very real answers, and uh, it's my desire that I be able to equip you with that. Now, As the DVD said, uh, we were established over 25 years ago by uh, President and Founder Nancy Alcorn. And uh, she worked in the the governmental systems over in America and uh, cried out to the Lord and just in frustration that... She was seeing the same people come through again and again and again. The systems that were there to help them they were actually failing them and they were just going through, you know, in juvenile systems, then they were going through the adult systems. A lot were then ending up in suicide or in re- repeat prison systems. And uh, the Lord said, shared to her, I haven't anointed the government, I haven't anointed the state, I've anointed my church and uh, that's why you're all here. Um, just help me out here um how many of you have uh, some kind of working knowledge of eating disorders you've heard the terminology maybe you've come across people that have struggled okay so that's pretty good okay there we go (laughs) that was the right question so we all we all have some um understanding there now um I'm not a medical professional. Uh, Mercy Ministries is not a medical facility. What we do is we position ourselves alongside medical services, spiritual services, in order to provide holistic care. Now, anyone that has any kind of eating disorder, and what we're talking about here is really a disordered relationship with food. That could be anything from restricting, um, binging, purging, um, a control, any kind of self-destruction, whether it be medically classified or not. Um, Even in saying just a simple disordered relationship with food, that may actually include many of us in this room. you know this is a very ordinary but very powerful very destructive issue and so if I'm just gonna do a brief overview so we're talking about thing you may have heard these terminology before anorexia nervosa bulimia nervosa, compulsive overeating, anorexia athletica. Those are some of the um, more commonly known um, eating disorders, but they could also have traits of of each other. Um, uh, We've come across um, um, a term called an eating disorder not otherwise specialized. You know, when um, the medical professionals aren't really sure where it fits, but they know it's clearly a a disorder, an illness, a difficulty. They'll label, and it's not about labeling. You know, um, a lot of the time um, we find ourselves not really sure what to do, so giving something a name gives us a way of actually moving forward and helping that individual. Um, But this is not a new problem. You know, anorexia nervosa was first classified in 1879. This is by no means a a new, modern, uh, contemporary Uh, Illness. This is actually something that has been around literally for centuries. Bulimia nervosa has actually been around. uh, First classified in much more recent times, as 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 early as the 70s. So, um, what we tend to find is that um, anorexia tends to start much more early. In uh, in people, um, you know, average age of onset is something between 16 and 18 years of age. Um, but I've personally worked with people that have their earliest memories of maybe three, four years old have been where they've actually remembered being afraid of food or of controlling what they wanted to or, to eat or not eat. And uh, and and you know, at Mercy Ministries, we um, see young women coming through our doors every every day um, who literally have they've not known anything else. You know, as 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 bizarre as it might sound, an eating disorder can become a comfort, you know, when everything else in your life is out of control, when there doesn't appear to be any sense of boundary or stability. Even something as, as destructive as, as uh, starving yourself can actually become a normality. Um, and at Mercy Ministries, we um, offer a discipleship program that teaches principles based on the word of God that actually enables them to renew their minds, to literally be reprogrammed in their thinking so they can see, you know, what is a negative truth statement what is something that they've defined their life by but actually has nothing to do with who they truly are on the inside and who they've been created to be by our Lord Jesus Christ and one of the things that we we see so often is that eating disorders are they're a symptom they're not what's going on on the inside they're um if you imagine um our lives being like a tree what we see on the surface the behaviors those aren't actually what has started. They're not the origin. Um, you know, there's there's a, a study called addictology, which basically looks at the root causes behind things. We've all been born into a soil of our lives, an environment, a, a family, um, a culture, a geography, and many things can come at us as we grow up. You know, we we so, um, difficulties with losing loved ones, with relationships breaking down, and if you've been born into a good soil and you've you've got um, support structures around you you should you 'll be able to actually negotiate those those obstacles in life, but for some people that investment wasn 't made early on, or that support structure as they 've gone grown up it 's not been there and so what grows from their life you know the word teaches that um, uh, the, you could, a good tree will bear good fruit well these kind of behaviors that we see when we 're working with the, with these uh, these um, These people is that the fruit coming off of their life is actually of these disordered behaviors. And so what I want to do is just briefly look at, um, you know, practically what you do. Um, We believe very strongly in in church partnership. you need to have uh, uh, accountability around you to make sure that you're not then draining the resources of having, um, you know, you being the sole person that that young um, person is going to when they're in their dysfunction. And that could be anything from, you know... getting a a text message at, at one in the morning because they've fallen into temptation again and they're actually really struggling. That could be anything from, you know, wanting to turn up at your doorstep. And if you've set that up as something that they can do, then fantastic, but you need to be really aware that unless you set the boundaries, their dysfunction is actually going to set them for you. But you're the one that's actually in charge here. You're the one that's actually going to be helping them. And one of the things that's really important is you need to understand that you can't help anyone beyond how much they're willing to help themselves. Now, you don't necessarily need to expect that they actually can help themselves but they need a willingness on the inside uh, and, that, and that's straight from the word of God you know, he, he sets a, a choice before us, life and death but he says choose life. Sometimes we don't know how to do that and actually what we do is uh, point as a signpost, not setting ourselves up as the answer but pointing to the answer and that's one of the things that you actually need to be really careful of as you're helping uh, people with life controlling issues is actually that you don't set yourself up as the one who needs to be needed, actually that you, you um, only ever present yourself as a pathway and that's uh, what we do at Mercy Ministries, we're only one way to the answer, uh, there are many other um, places and actually you'll be able to, if you take a look down in the mind and soul zone downstairs, you'll actually see we've got a number of leaflets and there's another, a number of ministries actually who um, are able to provide information about how to do that. It's really important that you look at ways to, um, obviously, when you're looking at ways to support someone with an eating disorder, that they are under the care of some medical professional. And whether that be just regular checkups with their GP, whether that be a dietitian, nutritionalist, or whether that be um, as um, an in- or outpatient with a specialist clinic, an eating disorder on any level does have a physical effect and uh, whether you can see that on the outside or not, I mean, if someone's restricting their food intake, you'll be able to start seeing it because they'll be losing weight. Someone perhaps with bulimia, for example, where they, sit, they are eating and they are, you know, seeming to, you know, not losing massive amounts of weight but are you know vomiting inducing that and um, engaging in things that cause their bodies to remove um the food that is taken in through laxative use or diuretics you're not necessarily going to see that but it has a very powerful effect on the body um you know you can be at risk they can be at risk of organ failure for example um or um tears in their esophagus in the, in the food pipe there um they need to be very closely monitored and um And so in supporting that person or those people, what you can actually be doing to is accompanying them on their doctor's appointments or um, encouraging them to be seeking help and whilst walking them through that and actually applying these principles. You know, it's very... We know that we battle not against flesh and blood but against powers and principalities, but we can't be naive that they have... There's a very real outworking um, in the practical as well. Um, Some of the principles that we adopt on the Mercy Ministries Programme are things like re-education. Life skills are really important and you'd be surprised how many people don't know how to cook, don't have never been taught what a balanced, healthy portion of food looks like. The majority of people tend to overeat because they don't know how to curb their appetite or even recognise when they're full. And so that can be something that actually is really powerful. Even just helping someone see that the kitchen and dining room isn't a danger zone. It's not an area of risk. And actually putting small things in place place it enable them to do that another the way one another thing that we adopt is uh, um, a 30 40 30 principle where food portions are, con- uh, are concerned so um, basing around, um, the that being the percentages of food groups so we make sure that they have all the major food groups involved carbs proteins uh, healthy v- fruit and vegetables salads and and actually be able to start realizing that you know, colour can be involved and taste and smell and actually starting to realise what it's like to have food in your system and and feel full. Now obviously someone that's been used to, to purging, for example, making themselves sick, the time after a meal is actually a real crucial time for them. So we adopt something called couch time. It's an after-meal monitoring um, where they would actually sit for a certain period of time depending on how big the meal was, where they would journal and reflect and make track of their thoughts to see what's coming up for them. You know, what are they remembering? What associations do they have? Because very rarely will will you see just what's in front of you when you're struggling with these things you'll be remembering the sensations of perhaps an abuse or remembering the the um the shame or the fear or the embarrassment that you felt when you were in that last setting of of food um one of the things that i it never ceases to amaze me is that um if you, if you put on an event involve food you'll get people there and uh, but for a lot of um, a lot of people that struggle with eating disorders any kind of social event that revolves around food can actually be incredibly difficult for them so bearing that in mind can actually be really empowering you know letting that young person or that um, that person know, okay, we're going to have a, a, a Bible study tonight. It's going to be food there. H- you know, it, how are you going neg- to negotiate that? Putting some really practical things in place. D- are you going to be able to come at the early part where gonna, where, where, when we're going to be eating? Or do you want to come a bit later when the food part's over so you can still engage in the Bible study, but actually you, you want to, you know, work with that, but still placing a demand. So maybe they can turn up for pudding or coffee. You know, actually putting things, you know, real basic things, because at the end of the day, if someone's been restricting their food intake and they've been eating an apple a day to suddenly find themselves in a situation where they've got to start eating a pie, you know, that's not going to happen overnight. Yes, God can do the miraculous in a day is like a thousand years to him. However, it starts with the, the, the small victories and then they are able to see themselves living their way into the bigger ones. So that's really important. Um, we do things like a plate check. Um, we'll have a member of staff in the kitchen while a young woman is plating her own food up. We don't do that for her. She takes responsibility for what is going into her body. And um, we will just have a member of staff available to say, you know... would you can to help them consider whether what they're actually doing is is got is uh, gonna sustain them or not do they know that they've got protein on their plate do they know what a a carbohydrate looks like is it just a danger zone for them or do they realize it's a potato now some of those really practical things you can adopt in your home or in your church group for example and that means that from from um, it provides a very holistic um, package for that person now the general principles of reaching the broken, um, while staying whole yourself are actually full of common sense. But one of the things that i realise in terms of doing these, these seminars is that oftentimes we don't think of the most logical, the most practical, but we do have the mind of Christ. We have the attitude of, um, that he's walked through. And, uh, it means that we can actually be really inspired about some of the things. I mean, what, what we'll do is you need to understand the boundaries are really important, like I said. Um, when you are actually working with someone who's coped by living in dysfunction, their issue will consume their thinking. It becomes the sole focus of, of who they are. But actually saying to someone, do you know what, your past does not have to determine your future. What are you, what do you want to do with your life? You know what, what do you think you're here on the planet to do? Do you realize that life doesn't have to be consumed by food and, and oftentimes they don't actually realize they don't know anything else and so part of what we need to be doing is actually saying hey there's an alternative to the way you've lived your life um, one of the things that we um, we have a, 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 the, the, uh, a program model called choices that bring change um, and it's a seven-step model um, that the, each young woman that comes to our program will um, walk through with a facilitator um, and that's someone who leads one-to-one sessions with them every week um, assigns them um, assignments and resources that are catered towards their individual need and an issue and that they will actually be working through during the time that they're with us. Now, it is a six-month program, but it doesn't need to take six months. We've had young women come through three and a half, four months. Others need, have needed to stay slightly longer at seven months. We, uh, because every, every young woman, her individual needs are catered to her. And so um, we'll take them through what it means to be a Christian. We'll walk them through, you know, what does it look like to live as committed to God? What does it look like to walk in forgiveness, to keep a short account on offense? You know, the kind of stuff that we all actually need to know and and actually will enable us to live um, according to, to God's will. But often they're not even... They're not, we know that we have to forgive people but what does that even look like what, what, what does that really how does that break down into everyday life we'll teach them how to renew their minds how to recognize a negative thought and, and, and consider it, offer it up against the word of God and see whether or not actually it is even in line with what he says. You know, when, when life has taught you that you're ugly, that you're stupid, that you don't have any value, if you hear it enough times, you'll start believing it and it becomes a false identity. But when they, when the key to this is actually being able to say, do you know what? I am a new creation in Christ. I'm not. A, I don't have a sin nature. I am actually. Um, I have purpose. I'm loved. I'm cherished. I'm powerful. I'm strong. I have authority. You know those those truths can completely radically change the way someone sees themselves, And uh, this might be, this might sound like it's, oh, I know this, teach me something that I don't know. But actually, unless we live out of this revelation for ourselves, we can't offer it to someone else. And so one of the really important things to do when you're helping a broken person is actually to take regular inventory. You know, where am I at with God? How how am I in my relationship with him? Do I, am I even talking to him? you know, you can only help someone out of the revelation you first received. We've got to do it out of overflow and actually being led by peace and actually living from a place of rest. Hello, do any do any of us know what rest looks like? We live in a very busy world. We work, we're, we're doing pastoral care, we're in the ministry. You know, everything of our life is catered towards giving out. But unless we first reinforce ourselves, strengthen ourselves in the Lord, how can we be able to help someone else? We will because God's grace covers all, but we will find that we get sick we will find that we get burnt out and and i'm sure you can all think of someone that has found themselves in that position maybe maybe even you yourself has the truth is god has equipped you to be able to do the things that he's called you to do, he has given you the strength to help that person. We need to do it his way. We need to be partnering with him. He calls us co heirs with Christ. That means to be a co laborer, to work with. And uh, we can, you know, he brings us through stuff so that we can have something to offer someone else. You know, just as you saw, Debbie. On the DVD there. She's actually now on staff. She's one of our senior team. She graduated the program uh, back in 2001. She's uh, now a mother. Uh, she has a, a baby daughter. And uh, every, every single day I, I work alongside her and I watch her. And she's able to give out of the love that God has first given her and showed her. And, uh, and, and that's what it's really about. Actually going, you know, you don't have to have all the answers. Sometimes the best thing you can say to someone is, I don't actually know, but how? How about we pray? You know, teaching someone how to go before God for themselves, how to stand with someone um, in in conjunction with uh, taking care of their practical needs is actually really powerful. You know, coordinated care is something that we really believe in at Mercy Ministries. Um, when, a, uh, when someone's applying to our program, they actually, we actually get reports, medical reports, from any psychiatrists, psychologists, um, dieticians, anyone that they've been working with and supported by. And that enables us to actually really see, is our program the best care place of support for that person? And often that's a question you need to be asking yourself. Am, I can see a need. Am I the best person to fill it? Am I the person that actually needs to connect that person with someone else can can you know there's a, a whole variety of ways that you can actually be um, be a gift to someone and actually bring them through something it might just be by praying for them saying look hey I, I don't really think I'm the best person to help you but I do know someone who can let me let me introduce them to you next Sunday or, or let me you know I've heard of this great support group you need to be resourcing yourself and and we've actually got some leaflets I've got some leaflets with me that are down in the mind and soul zone they actually give you some information about um a a training event that we call empower and that actually takes um i'm condensing a whole day's worth of information into 50 minutes so if you feel like i'm galloping along that's actually what's happening but you can actually there's there's resource yourself there's there's books out there there's teaching resources there's um I've got some books for sale actually here where we break down called the Mercy 4 series. It breaks down issue specifics and actually how we um, take someone through the program to renew their mind, to to be able to deal with the life hurts. Um, because as I said, everything has a root, everything has an origin. What you see isn't the be-all and end-all of their issue. And, uh, you know, it could be something as as incredibly traumatic as a really big abuse It could be something as seemingly insignificant to them as someone that didn't apologize for something or them being excluded from a a social activity. But it's done some damage in their heart on the inside. And and the truth is God wants to take their ashes and give give them back beauty. He he wants to take their sorrow and turn it into joy. And uh, being able to help them engage in the presence of God, being able to draw them near into an experience where they can actually go to that healing for themselves, it's a joy to see you know, when you see God literally move you out of the way and go, no, I'm going to do this myself. And he and he literally binds them up. He binds up the brokenhearted. Um, another thing that we'll teach them is actually what their authority is as a believer. How to live free from oppression. You know, we know that our lives are influenced by a number of things. The things that we hear, we read, we the people around us, you know, negative and positive influences. And all of those leave an imprint on us. And, you know, we know in the church that we call that oppression. But for someone that's just lived under that, under their circumstances, they're not necessarily going to know that there is an alternative. And so, helping them understand that, you know, that Jesus was raised from the dead and he is seated high above every power and principality and he's delegated that to you, so therefore, so do you. You live, you are seated in heavenly places with him. That, from someone that's been at the, at the bay of their circumstances or at the hands of people that they've not been able to do anything about, suddenly that starts, it sends them a message, maybe maybe i can take control of my life and and maybe i can maybe i can learn some healthy coping mechanisms you know, uh, creativity is one of the biggest things, one of the first things that will be squashed or repressed when someone's experienced any kind of trauma. And we've seen that we have um, a number of creative activities. We do uh, workshops with poetry, with scrapbooking, with journaling, with, with painting, with music. And all of those things, you get take someone who thinks they, they abs- would be absolutely rubbish at something, even if the, you know, how many, are, how many in here are consists of the doodles you do while you're on the telephone? phone that's actually but to be actually give someone an opportunity to explore that side of them can actually be incredibly healing and uh, to a really really useful vehicle to actually enable them to go right okay i can see where this came from i can see what this route was so okay now right how do i what do i do now and we're actually teaching them through the Bible, through the application of verses, confessing the Word over yourself. You know, faith comes by hearing, and hearing the Word of God, and actually being able to hear. You know, I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When you feel powerless, that's actually that's a, a can be a, a mind trip to suddenly know how do I how do I go from I'm I'm nothing to I can do all things. Well. Say it every day and you'll start hearing, you'll start renewing your mind and suddenly you'll start living your way into that victory. Because we're not living for victory, we're living from victory. It's already been done. So actually now it's the purpose of actually um, taking that truth and applying it to our lives and then helping someone else do that. Have to be really careful that you don't want to be the answer. You know, we're we're all in here because we want to help hurting people. And sometimes it can be too easy to find ourselves in a situation where we are being satisfied by filling the need. Now, we get satisfaction out of the fact that we're walking in the will of God and we're doing what he has given us to do. That's where we find ourselves, satisfaction. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's incredible to look someone in the eye and, and who does not believe in themselves and then suddenly see a change that they think, Oh, maybe I can be free. Maybe, maybe what he's done for you, he can do for me too. Not, there's, there's a beauty about that. But when it's across, there's a, it can cross a line into you needing to be the answer and you know it can happen incrementally you don't get from A to Z you get from A, B, C, D and, and uh, something that taking personal inventory will really allow you to do that, you know making sure that you're actually working alongside someone else personal accountability is a real strength that you need to build into your life, whether it's someone that you can just maybe, maybe it's just you, you're the pastoral team and you're, you're reverent or your pastor you're it well, going to them actually will enable you to stay whole and just partnering with them and saying, look, hey, they disclosed this to me yesterday. I have no idea what to do. Can we pray? Sometimes that's, all, that's, that's where you go. And it's like, right, okay, can hit, quietening yourself long enough to hear the strategies of heaven to actually know, okay, what step do we take now? And, uh, and actually being able, you know, recognizing that sometimes you will hear stuff Sometimes there will be a disclosure made, you know, of some abuse, something that you may never have heard of, you may never have even considered could happen to someone. In that moment, you need to be unshockable. In that moment, you, you don't need to sympathize with them. You can say, okay, that's, that's tough. But you know what? I know a God who can heal you. How about we pray right now? Now, that might have rocked you. And when they've gone... You might break down and you might actually be, you know, really hurting on their behalf. But in that moment, they need you to be strong. And so you need to have a support network for yourself to be able to go to. I mean, we, you know, in, in our program, we, we hear some atrocious things. You know, we, some, of, some of the young women that we see through our doors, they would write books about and it would make money and films because their life histories are so traumatic. And, and we need to stay soft enough that we can admit when something is hard, but strong enough in God on the inside that when we're in that moment, it's okay. And I've had colleagues come into me in my office and have just broken down and said, you know, I've just heard this and it was awful and it was unfair and it was not right. And then we just, we've, we've gone, right. Okay. And then we've prayed for, for that staff member, you know, and, uh, and then we've been able to go on and, and, you know, it's about teamwork. It's about working together. And, you know, a really practical thing to mention is that you need to have in your organizations, in your ministries, your churches, you need to know what your what your strategy is, what your process is. For so if someone comes to you, you know, it, you, the beauty of, of God's church is that you take everyone. You open your doors to everyone. And Mercy Ministries, we work with women. So sorry, guys, you're not, we're not going to be able to accept you onto our program. But the church doesn't get to say no to people and so you need to know you need to know what is your child protection policy what is your policy for um any kind of disclosure that's made that's historical you know maybe it's a an elderly person that's actually saying you know 50 years ago this happened to me you know what is it that you've got in place and and i know that there's a lot of wisdom in this room i can feel it so i know that you've already started thinking about this stuff this is not Oh, this is not new to you but sometimes pressing pressing refresh and actually knowing what it is that you do have in place is actually really important because the beauty of people is that they're all individual and in, their problems are all individual and sometimes you'll come across something and you're like oh, I don't know what to do well you go to that that key person and, and actually share that information so that you can be able so you can know and then put something in place you know You don't need to have broken people to learn, but you should learn from circumstances. And so um, be, be real about that. You know, if there's something that's not happened before, document it learn shape things you know have a w- let your policies be a working document uh, that meet government legislation you know if you're working with minors and people under the age of 18 or vulnerable people under the age of 25 make sure you know who who your what your um your legislation is for your locality you know who's your council representative for uh, child protection who you know those kind of things actually will empower you to do your bit because we're all here because we believe God's the answer and uh, and if uh, If you work alongside those government organizations and work alongside those medical professionals, it frees you up to actually do your bit, bring the emotional care, bring the spiritual care. You know, there's some great resources out there. One of the um, greatest um, series on boundaries that we've ever come across have been by um, two Americans called Cloud and Townsend. We recommend that if you're working with people in any circumstance, that you would... um, Get, invest in yourself and get those resources. Um, they do for boundaries for every season of life. So uh, kids, teenagers, dating, singleness, marriage, the whole deal. How to say yes when you need to say yes and how to say no when you need to say no. It's a really basic sounding principle, but it's actually really powerful because if you say yes too much, you'll find you won't be able to say yes when you really need to because you'll be over, overwhelmed, overfull. We need to set mental, physical and spiritual boundaries in our lives. You know, if you, if, if you say contact me anytime to someone that's hurting, they will. They will call you when you've got Nan over or when you've got the grandkids visiting or when you're out on a dinner date with, with your husband. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll contact you in those times when it's really not convenient. And then you're in a turmoil because actually you've said that they could contact you any time. And dysfunction will lead, as I've said before, but you're the one who sets the temperature. You are the thermostat. Don't just read the scenario and be a thermometer. You know the difference between the two? So, you know, getting training will actually enable you to be really aware, resource yourself. Actually, um, you know, one of the things that, that we require of all of our staff is that they are personally and professionally developed, so we do have them read all of the resources that we would assign a young woman that comes in our program, because you can't require something for someone else that you wouldn't be prepared to do yourself. Um, it, cre- it creates, a, well, not a lack of integrity by any means, but, you know, you want to be able to empower them to do the things, and unless you're familiar with what it is, you're not really going to be able to lead them anywhere. Um, as I said, one of the things that we, we've actually developed a church partnership initiative this year, because we really felt that the long-term success of that young, young woman or, or person that you're working with is, is what we're after. You know, Christ is coming back for a church, a bride, and we, the beauty of what we get to do is that, um, as, a, as a group of people is actually we get to restore the body of Christ so he's got something to come back for. And uh, when we're when we're working alongside that, we really felt that um, we were to actually resource the church to how to help broken people. And that's why we do seminars like this, um, to actually plant some seeds and actually give you something to go away and think about and actually maybe apply. Um, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, we do a day training program called Empower. We we look at, at some other life-controlling issues, self-harm, for example. Um, we go into a lot more depth. I mean to condense 28 years' worth of material is is actually quite tough in 50 minutes. Um, So I'm just trying to give you an overview to really get you thinking. Um, And I want to do some question and answer as well, because believe it or not, I probably don't look old enough, but I've been working with uh, broken people for about 10 years. I've been working with Mercy Ministries for about four. So I've seen a lot of different scenarios and different things, and I want to give time for that as well. Um, It's really important to understand, as I said, that every behavior has a root you know, abandonment and rejection, that orphan heart, can actually be really, really uh, central to a lot of the issues that we see. Grief, for example. You know, most, most people in daily life don't really know how to negotiate grief. You know, what do you say to that person who's just lost their spouse? What, what do you do with someone um, when they come to you in a, in a ministry service and say, I, I, I've just... I'm, you know, my friend's just commit suicide. Like, how do you, like, what do you do? What, how do, you, what do you say to them? And, uh, you know, sometimes actually saying nothing is probably the best thing you can do in that moment. Just say, do you know what, I'm just, I'm, I'm with you. You know, you're not alone. And, uh, but the, the kind of things, you know, like there's some of the statistics that were on the DVD, you know, one in four women have been sexually violated in some way. So across your congregation or across your ministry, you are gonna see, like even, um, you know, in a classroom of 30 children, you know, that that's a huge percentage. That's like at least six have been violent or will go on to be at some point in their life. And and for some people, they don't even know, they think that's normal. They don't even know that there is a, a, another way that families live. And, uh, and re- but recognizing that they're remembering that what you're seeing in their behavior is not the be all and end all to that person. You know, develop a referrals file. Know what other ministries are around. You know, in the UK, um, we're starting to actually see a better network. You know, um, the Association of Christian Counselors, the Mind and Soul, everyone's connecting. And that's a real buzzword at the moment. There's a network, there is a network out there because there's no sense in reinventing the wheel. But what we do need to know is who's out there, what their remit is. and and actually how you can work with them. So if you've got someone that presents themselves to you somehow through, through your organization, that you actually know where you can point them. You know, is there is there a someone in your church who who's dealt with that issue and has experience of coming out the other side? and can actually walk them through something. Do you do you ha- do you know of a really great counsellor, secular or Christian? By the way, you know there's some there's some incredible non-Christian counsellors out there. If they're sensitive to the fact that that person has a faith and that they would be willing to address to bring that into their sessions, that they're not going to be resistant to that. It actually releases you to do the God bit, and they can do the emotional bit. So that's actually really helpful as well. And Mercy Ministries has worked alongside some great non-Christian counselors. Um, and just, just recognizing that, you know what, as we become more aware of the nature of the world, it's going to seem like these issues get worse. Um, but actually, you know what, as I said earlier, God is the answer, and he has and is equipping us all to do that. Um, and so I'm just um, conscious of the time. It's actually 1 o'clock. One of the things I want to do is actually just show a, a, a testimony DVD. Um, now, it's a, something that we had a fundraiser at the beginning of this year because we currently have... Um, six beds and we um are currently building our home to house 22. It's a massive building project we're undertaking at the moment. Um builders and diggers and dirt everywhere. Um but what we uh what we realize is that in a qu- be- we want to be able to open our homes and develop the program so that um because the need is far greater than actually we have the provision for. So we held a fundraiser. Um, and what we did is uh, if you, we had about 30 of our, our graduates um, come through and we actually did the, it took about six minutes and that in itself was a miracle to get 30 women all up and uh, share their testimony in that length of time. And I want to show you that and then I'm going to just leave some spaces for some questions and answer. If you've got something that you want to know or maybe a, uh, a scenario that you're particularly dealing with because the chances are it will be similar for all of you. So um, if you could just turn your attention to the screen again and we can maybe have some lights, that'd be great. Is there any, any questions that anyone has or anything? Yay! <laughs> that was a quick one. And I'll just try and repeat it so everyone can hear. Um, that You've just described pretty much every, every person that comes through our doors. The, uh, the truth is... Sometimes we do everything we can and we still find ourselves coming up short. And uh, all you can do is is reassure that person. You can encourage them. Um, You can look at actually what they're doing. You know, it might be that they're not being fully forthcoming with you. Um, They might not be telling you the whole truth. Um, There might be something that they're not willing to let go of, you know, that, corner issue in their heart that they don't want to share with anyone um they might be angry at god you know and until they're actually they'll actually go uh, admit that and actually be brave enough to go before him and say hey i hate you right now and actually give him an opportunity to say cool but i love you you know there's 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 loads of different things that you can actually do but that happens you know be empowered that actually you just it is a process um you know it's not necessarily going to happen overnight it's one of the reasons why we have a six-month program and not a six-week program um i don't know whether that helps but yeah okay good how you get onto our program, you, there's an application process. So you can go onto our website um, and you can actually, there's a, a link there that you would be able to fill out your contact details and then we would send you an application form. Then you return that. Um, we would book a telephone interview with you just to just get some more background information and actually really see what are the nature of your, pro, your, your sort of needs, issues, problems. Um, and then we would get um, um, it, background information from any medical professionals or services that you've been accessing prior to that then we would meet as a senior team and just look at whether we feel our program is actually um relevant for th- those needs uh, or and then um hopefully uh, bring you bring you in <laughs> always yeah um internationally there's probably our, our um application process is probably about 700 people on it um we currently have 40 between 45 and 50 people who are waiting at some point in the application process to come into the home Uh-huh. do we take people when they're really desperate um your desperation is not determined by how bad your issue is it's actually uh, uh, is is there a sincere desire to change um is it your own choice and uh do are you willing to work with our process prior to entry we we do a lot of remote support telephone email use of resources um you know for one person it could be extreme trauma for another person it could be low self-esteem we don't label it as one is bad and one isn't um if you feel that you need our program and you know we will we'll pray and we will seek god is this person meant to be with us and uh and and then you know with all of those practical and spiritual factors that's what we'll look at offering a place on there are some issues that we won't, ha- we 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 wouldn't necessarily take onto the programme. We're not a medical facility, as I mentioned earlier. So, um, if someone has complex physical or mental health needs, um, we would look at we ha- we have a team of consultants who we would work with. Um, one of which, um, um, you know, we are very connected with Mind and Soul, so we would um, use the professionals that they have um, just to see whether we're actually equipped. You know, certain medications we can't store in the home because we don't have any nurses. Um, so, you know, actually we we say no more to more people than we say yes to. Um, and that's why t- days like today are really important. So we can be equipping the church and, and organizations to do what we're not able to. Okay. Yeah. So are, is everyone already, already a Christian before they come? Uh, Yeah, we, some, I mean, the majority come from white middle-class Christian homes. Um, That doesn't mean to say that we won't, you know, you don't have to have been in the church your whole life to actually come into the program. Um, What we do say is we are very clear that we are a Christian program um, and we are very clear about how we would help you. Um, And then you can make an informed choice about whether we are the best place for your help. If you need a, a mechanic, for your car you go to a mechanic not a plumber you know if you want to learn french you go to a french class not spanish it's the same principle um we've had people from other faiths from other religions want to um apply to our program and we've said you know you're very welcome to um but actually we're going to teach you on based on christian principles and we're not going to budge on that we are unashamedly evangelistically born again spirit filled christians so um when we'll help you don't necessarily need to be um tick boxes um but we want to orientate them to make sure that they it's a quite an intense um, environment it's very full-on very structured and uh, and so we we want to set them up for success and so we work with them a lot um before they come in so that they can make the most of that and we plan how their aftercare is going to be as well to make sure that they're able to continue walking in that success post-graduation did i did you have a question uh yeah as long as I get on a Telford Central train at ten to three yes <laughs> um do, um i'm gonna hang around i don't know I, uh, this room's gonna be used um after lunch, but um i'm gonna be around for probably about another hour, so um very happy to talk to people one on one.